Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel. Who would that be? <laughs> C'est moi. <laughs> it is my husband, Norm. <laughs> there he is. He sounds a little creepy, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> no, I was French. <laughs> oh, that was French? It was French. C'est moi. From someone who speaks Spanish fluently. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm trying. You know, I'm, I'm trying to broaden my horizons there culturally. There you go. Well, listen, every weekend we're here and we are doing life together and we're just so glad you've joined us once again. Indeed we are. And this week we want to talk about really doing life together in something Mm. that many people our age are facing and a lot of our listeners are in the same category when we talk about something that we've all lived through called the sandwich years or the sandwich generation. What are we sandwiching? Well, that is... Is something you're right. You and I have had a ton of experience with. We are sandwiching between two generations, mm-hmm. right? Well, actually, we're sandwiching. Well, we're the third generation. We're the middle one. <laughs> we're so the we're middle. the middle of the sandwich. We're, we're the hamburger, so, and the buns are our parents right. and our kids, right? <laughs> or the bread, <laughs> and we're the ham. I don't know. You can use whatever <laughs> metaphor you like, but it's the parents above us, and then dealing with the kids below us. Which At the al- same time. Yeah, which are often teenagers. Right. So... Um, We have had to do this as we have now lost all four of our Mm -hmm. parents, Norm, in just the past few years. And this is something that a whole lot of our friends are dealing with as well. Well, and our entire generation, or at least the later, later part of the boomers, are experiencing that with kids and parents. And, and so it, it's a hard passage of life. Mm-hmm. Losing your parents isn't easy, especially when you are managing your own family. Yeah, and I've seen this a lot in my therapy practice. And no matter what your relationship with your parents might be, uh, and, and then you're, you may have issues with your teenagers as well, right, going right. through all of this. But when you lose your parents... And you're dealing with all these sort of issues that maybe didn't even get resolved at any point in your family life. Mm. Mm. You really find out that there's a point where you wish you would have dealt with things or maybe you would have dealt with things better. But all of this care and a time and attention that you have to give to both your parents and your children can really make you weary and really can wear on a person when you're doing that. But it's something that you sort of need to step up and do if you care about your family. Well, and for many people, they live in the same town with their parents. We didn't, which in some ways made it much more difficult because we were caring for our own family, our children, and ourselves because we were both busy working professionals. And then you were handling the health care, especially yeah. of your parents, and then later my parents from afar. Yeah, so we were at the time in Virginia, and we had your parents in Florida and my parents in Maine. We used to joke that we could do the entire I-95. 
<laughs> start in Maine and go all the way all down the, way the coast, down. Uh, right. down to Florida. And so that made it much more difficult for taking care of elderly parents while we were still, you know, doing so many things. We were running kids to soccer and to practices and to dance schedules and all the different things that we were doing. Right. And and then they transitioned almost, it seemed like, immediately and quickly into looking for college and then getting ready to go to college. And there are just so many issues that when you're in the middle of life, you don't think about. But suddenly, now you're dealing with aging parents or parents in ill health, and it adds a new component that you're right. You don't have an option, or we choose not to have an mm-hmm. option to ignore. Right. You know, I was thinking about The elderly population really does require a lot of time and attention. But sometimes people think, well, they're teenagers, you know, you're not physically doing much with them. But I think teenagers, as we found out, take a lot of time and attention, too. (laughs) We had our son, who was famous for wanting to talk at probably 1230 at night. And, uh, you know, we, we had worked all day, and then he really wanted to talk. And, of course, we wanted to be available, so we would spend long nights, sometimes not getting to bed until 2 o'clock, and then we'd have to get up in the morning, and then, you know, there may be issues in uh, the independent living that one of our parents was dealing with, and we had to adjust and attend to that. So, it can be very exhausting for those of us who are in that position, and there's so many people that we know that are in that position, which is why we really wanted to talk about that today. And we don't want to ignore the parents in the middle of the sandwich who have younger children. When you're going through life with children, you you kind of accept the stages they're in, it seems to me. We're like, okay, they're little kids, now they're going to school, and isn't that great? And we're enjoying their life, but then suddenly our parents age. Mm And they're not able to come and see the grandkids as they once were. Now they're needy. Mm-hmm. And you were so great at being able to help each one of the parents. And fortunately, I guess, all four of them were ill and needing your attention at different times rather than all at once. Yeah, it would have been very difficult if you'd had multiple parents. And I know people that have had to deal with that. But, you know, part of it, that whole caretaking it makes it so difficult is that it's a reversal of roles. Hmm. You know, oh, yeah. you, you are used to your parents taking care of you, or I know there are a lot of people listening who said, well, my parents weren't very good at taking care of me. And now suddenly they're thrust into this role. And I've had so many patients come in and say, you know, my parents weren't there for me when I was growing up and they treated me, maybe they treated me horribly. Mm-hmm. I've had patients who have had abuse in their family and um, maybe alcoholism or mental illness. And so when their parents get older and aging, they don't feel like in some ways their parents deserve it. But we always talk that through and say, you need to do the right thing. And you need to be able to live with yourself at the end of the day in terms of, did you step up? Even if your own parents didn't at that time, they need you now. Are you going to be willing to step up? And that That does take some forgiveness and some working through some issues to be able to do that. And then we had in our life the situation, which I think probably something similar may happen to others, where you had surgery. You had a back problem and you were out of commission. Yeah. And we all rallied around and helped, but thankfully, none of the parents were in crisis during that time. But those things happen. Yeah, you just can't afford to have any downtime when you're taking <laughs> care of younger children and then your elderly older parents. Yeah, yeah, older. And, and that's really kind of what happens. They start to become more like that as they get older and older and older. And I keep thinking, though, one day I'm going to be in that position. So I always used to think, 
how would I want to be treated during that time of my life? And I kept that in mind because I was always wanting to maintain the dignity of our parents and as much autonomy as they could possibly have. That was really important. I think the Bible prescription to honor your father and your mother Mm -hmm. is now more important at that stage of life than any other Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, that's a really good point. And and honoring them does mean doing things that maybe you wouldn't have done that are uncomfortable for you or cause you some, you know, you have to take away from other things in your life. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't a whole lot of fun things that were going on during that time we were just trying to maintain. But if you've got a supportive partner, if you've right. got good friends, hopefully you have a church family that will rally around you. You know, I we were talking about this the other day in our Sunday school class, right. and we have a lot of people who are dealing with elderly parents in their Sunday school class. And we were just so amazed at how there was just such an intimate bond in that group of people who were praying for each other, helped taking meals over, checking on people, doing things. Boy, to me, this is this church that we're in right now seems to be embodying that whole idea of Christian community and support through the generations. Right, right. They're living the concept of the body of Christ in a wonderful way. You know, the Pew Research Center says that almost a quarter of all Americans are part of the sandwich generation. That's a lot of people. It is. And to think, you know, to do the job of caretaking, you have to be extremely organized. <laughs> I will say that's one thing I, I am pretty good at, but I had I had lists, like tons of them all the time. And then a lot of times you have to be a health advocate and you have to understand the health system. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know it, you will learn it if you're really going to advocate for your parents. Well, and, and may I interject there? What you were so good about was asking doctors, wait a minute, what if or why? And a lot of times folks in the older generation don't. They yeah. trust doctors implicitly and they don't ask those kind of important questions. Right. And I was I was very bold with my questions, but I'm very comfortable in the healthcare right. system because I work in, you know, I've worked in hospitals. So it isn't something that that scares me. But for a lot of people, they're a little more reluctant and they don't know how the system works. That's right. And then during all of that, you're spending time with your own children mm-hmm. and you are constantly making decisions and you always pray, boy, I hope I'm making the right decision right. here. And then you notice the cost of all these things. Mm. So you're, you're dealing with your own kids and their school and their tuition, maybe books. And then you're dealing with trying to line up elderly services and trying to get the finances of your aging parents in order as well. And so many times, and it, uh, partially it's probably job related, but women bear the burden, the biggest part of the burden of caregiving, despite all the rhetoric about gender equality. Yeah, that really is true. There, There's lots of data that just show that it's primarily women who do the caretaking and primarily women who have another job mm-hmm. as well as their children. So let's talk about self-care in all of this. If we're in the middle of the sandwich, how do we take care of ourselves? It's hard to find the time. I'll be honest about that, right? You you really do have to try to figure out what am I going to do to get a moment here, a moment there. Somehow I have to pay attention because none of us can give endlessly without filling the reservoir Mm -hmm. at some point. Mm -hmm. So you do need to have some type of rest and relaxation. And God told us to rest one day of a week. The creator of our body, our mind, and our spirit knows that we need a regular reboot Mm -hmm. and rest. Make yourself rest. Read. Take a nap when you can. Get exercise and do something that brings you joy. I think it's also time for laughter once in a while. You just break in and you you, you just take a break and have a good time. Speaking of breaks, 
Let's take a break, shall we? All right. Let's do that. (laughs) We'll be right back after this and continue more of learning about the sandwich generation and how to be successful sandwich makers. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I love my mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I want to remind you, as we often do, that you can follow Dr. Linda on her social media, Twitter and Instagram, at drlindamental, and Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. And, of course, you can always listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. You know, Norm, I was just thinking, we we go over a lot of information in our shows, and we talk about a lot of tips and coping and that. If you would go and listen to the radio show again on a podcast, or if you go to my website, a lot of times there's a blog that goes along with the idea and that will give you the tips and the pointers so that you don't, you know, you don't have to to memorize it all. (laughs) What was that she said about, you know, whatever? You You can definitely look at the blog, and that will really help you. So it's good to follow me because I write on all kinds of things every week. That's great. Well, if you're just now joining us, we've been talking about the stress of being in the middle of the sandwich generation. <laughs> I said hamburger and you said ham, but uh, somewhere in I'm there, sandwiching. We're, we're in the middle of the sandwich. Is, Take- a, is a hamburger a sandwich? I mean, technically, of it probably it is. is. Yeah, I don't of think of that. I think of a, bread when I think of a sandwich. It's, it's, it's uniquely named sandwich. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but what we're talking about is taking care of parents on the one hand and our own children on the other hand. Just before the break, we had begun a list of how do we take care of ourselves while we're taking care of parents and children. And I ended up with keeping your sense of humor. Yeah, and I think like you mentioned that laughter, and we, we hear the phrase all the time, laughter is good medicine, right? And that's very true. So how can you bring that into your family? I mean, how can you, can somebody make jokes? Can somebody bring sort of a joke book or a joke every night at the dinner table? Or can you watch a very funny movie? Although, I got to tell you, they don't make a lot of really funny movies anymore. <laughs> we have to keep looking at old ones and uh, trying to find something that makes us laugh. But So it's intentional. Yeah, anything that you can do to just laugh at things. Because when you laugh, you really are reducing stress. And that's part of the issue here is the buildup of stress over time because taking care of elderly parents and taking care of your children is not a one-night thing. I mean, it's going on and on and on. And sometimes when parents get very ill and they have a chronic illness, that can go on for a long time. So you have to be aware of the stress that's building up in your body, maybe the stress that's building up in your mind, and you have to do some of that stress management Mm -hmm. that we talk about in other shows. And one of them is laughing and joking and having a good time. That's good. Yeah. We also talked a little bit about having a support team. Uh, Tell us more about that. Well, you shouldn't hesitate to ask for help. And I know this is a big issue in a lot of families. 
I know my mom was one of seven. Mm-hmm. My dad was one of eight or it's the reverse. I can't remember which. Right. I think your mom was one of eight, but I'm not sure. Yeah, four and four. That's true. Four <laughs> yeah, and four. four. And, and then four, right? my dad right. was one of seven. Right. So there were a lot of siblings yeah. around there. But when when her mom, um, when my mom's mom got to the point where she had to move in with them because my grandfather died, I was still in high school when that happened. She was constant care. But I do remember that my mom would often say, it's only myself and one of my other sisters who's really paying any attention Mm. and helping. And she was upset about that. Now, they didn't hold a grudge. They didn't, you know, call out the other siblings. But they did ask for help once in a while when the other ones weren't participating as much. So if you've got family support, that's really good. I will just give a huge shout out to my brother and my sister-in-law because as we were going through this for my parents, my brother and sister-in-law were excellent at pitching in. We divided the tasks and so that neither of us became so overwhelmed that we couldn't, you know, get through the, the day. So don't, don't hesitate to ask people for help. Sometimes you might even ask a, a friend to run mm-hmm. an errand for you. Mm-hmm. Or if you need a break, bring your 18 year old teenager and say, here, you sit with grandma and watch for a while while I go out and run to the store and enlist them. That works on two levels, doesn't it? Because one, they get to participate in yes. the helping. And then two, they're learning not only this is what you do and what's expected in our family. So one day you get to do this for us kids, <laughs> we hope. Uh, but they also learn the value of helping and, and, and the blessing, to use that word, that comes from it. And they really do learn a lot. And they, and they also get out of themselves. Yes. So it's very easy when you're a teenager or a young adult to get very self-focused. But if they're having to deal with family members and taking care of them and pitching in and doing a part of the care, it really does make them better people, I think, and widen their experiences. We have a lot of loyalty in our family, and we want people to be there and to help out. We expect them to show up. And I think those are very good qualities. When you're in leadership somewhere else and you're building a team, you want those same type of qualities in a in a member. So you're really mm-hmm. teaching your kids something mm-hmm. as well. You talk a lot about setting boundaries in all different phases of life and relationships. How does that work here? Well, you really do have to at times say, I, I just can't do another thing and I'm too stressed out or it's going to have to wait till tomorrow or yes, I will call the doctor, but I can't do it today. And one of the things we know as people get older, they get a little bit more impatient and they want things done right away. But if you have to set some boundaries, you might have to talk to a boss and you might have to say, hey, I'm going to have to take off a little bit early today because I have to run a parent to a doctor's appointment. I'll be glad to work different hours or make up the time or whatever. Whatever you can do to sort of reduce the expectations on your busyness, then that's something that you can do. And that means a lot of times saying no to other things. A little bit ago, you talked about how organized you were. Why is that important? I'm telling you, Menorah, I had more folders <laughs> and more written notes regarding doctors and deadlines than I actually care to admit. Because when you're so busy and you're taking care of all these people, you just lose track. Even the most organized person loses track. So I had to write things on my phone. I had to write lists. I had to look at things. These were memory prompters, and they were ways to remind me of where I had to be, when I had to be, what I needed to do. So that was extremely important to have an organization, some type of organization system to get mm-hmm. through the week. Yeah. I just thought of something. What if you're an only child? 
And you don't have siblings who can help or cousins nearby. I know. It makes it so much harder, doesn't it, if you don't have anybody else? And I've talked to onlys, as we call them, and they're more reluctant to have outsiders participate because it's their parent. But that's when you get some outside sources and get some other people and ask your friends to help you because you do need to have a break sometimes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are lawn care services and people who can come and clean in the house. And mm-hmm. and then when things do get a little bit heavier, you can probably bring in nursing help and that sort of thing. It does take money to hire services. So that is one thing that some of our listeners, some of you who are listening right now are saying, well, I don't have extra money to hire a lawn right. service. Or, right. But you can get that neighbor who will do it for $10 because he's 15. Or the youth group at church. Or their youth group. That's a great uh, resource that I, I we did not mention is that asking your church if they would have volunteers and people that could step in. But cleaning services are expensive, but they're really helpful if there's some way you can do it. And sometimes you can find somebody who needs a little extra money and would love to jump in. They don't know what else they can do to help you, but they might come over and clean a cupboard or wash a floor, do something for you like that. Anything that is a time saver Mm -hmm. and a stress reliever is good. seems to me that one of the issues might be that it feels like this time in your life will never end. And there's got to be, for some people, probably that fatalistic, uh, how will I ever get out of this? Yeah, and am I going to make it through? Because I'm exhausted is the biggest thing I remember, is just being constantly exhausted and never having a moment for myself. And it's again, but I would try to keep that perspective that this is my parents. Mm -hmm. They cared for me. Now it's my turn. For a limited amount of time, I'm going to have to give back. And I talk to my our children. We talk to our children about that, that this is not about us all the time. It may be about caring for someone else who spent a lifetime caring for me. At a later point in your life, you'll look back and you'll say, that was a good thing that I did. And you really will have a peace about that, even though it felt like at the time you were just spent doing all of this. So I think if you can keep that perspective, when I look back at that sandwich time, I don't have any regrets about how hard I worked in in terms of keeping up with everything and that I was able to provide the care that I could. So just keep that perspective. This too will end. What did your mom used to tell us all the time? My mom used to say, and it came to pass. <laughs> That's right. So I mean, I, it came to us and it's going to end. And she told us that like the first week before we got married or something. I've always remembered that. She said it many times throughout yeah. my childhood. Oh, she did. Okay, so oh, yeah. it was new to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not no. new to you. That was that was one I heard all my life. As you were saying that, I was thinking, cast your bread upon the waters and they'll come back to you. We don't take care of people for the motive of getting it back. That's right. But the Bible promises reciprocity, that we give and we get. And, and that's just how blessings work. However, speaking of blessings, finances is probably... A big, huge stressor. And we so we need to be thinking about that now, even as we plan for when we're well, the elderly crowd, right? What what finances are you working with and in terms of your own family budget and then the budget that it's going to require to take care of your parents? And that was very time-consuming for me. I had to figure out what everybody's income was, what was going on, what their health care was, what they could afford, what they couldn't afford, what services were available – All of that. But, you know, one of the things I do want to mention is if you have a veteran in your family, make sure that you take advantage of those veteran services. They're they're difficult to get into. Not going to lie. I think I talked about 
the application process was like 42 pages, mm. and it was very complicated. For your dad. Yeah, for my dad, who was a veteran. But once I got those services in place, mm-hmm. boy, the amount of money it, it saved and the number of people that would come out and support. And I'll just do a shout out to Maine, because Maine had one of the best VA systems that I've worked with, and I've been in three other states, and right. Maine was really good right. when it came to that. that. That was so good. Well, as we begin to wrap up the show, I want to talk a little bit about our faith and how the church family can play into this, praying, encouraging, reading the Bible, renewing our mind, all of those types of things. It's so important. It's just so important to have that support. We can't say enough about that. Find a couple of people or a group or a Sunday school class or a small group or something in your church that will pray with you. And then don't forget that you can also bring your burdens to the Lord. He tells us to do that. Um, he wants us to bring our cares to Him. So focus your mind on the goodness of God and the peace that He can bring. So during this season of your life, remember, it's a season. And one day your parents will be gone and your children will be out of the house. So in the meantime, do everything you can to stay healthy, to manage the stress, to seek support, and keep the relationship that you have with Christ strong so that He can keep you in that perfect peace that He promises. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes the show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.